welcome back to the I'm Moving to Italy podcast. This is Nathan Heinrich, and I would like to welcome you back to Season 5, Episode 11. Do you remember the old ladies, that the three sisters, Le Tres Sorelle, that live here on the third floor of the building? I have not seen or heard the two oldest ladies that live adjoining my apartment. I have not seen or heard of them in at least two weeks now. You know how I've talked to you before about like Italian homes and apartments have these shutters that you, they're like usually metal. Sometimes they're wood, the older ones, but more commonly they're metal and you roll them down and roll them back up at night and in the morning. Well, theirs have been closed and down for a long time. It's like such a, I'm, I'm finding myself becoming such a nosy Italian because you just start to notice things about, oh, that person hasn't opened their windows in two weeks, or I've noticed that that person's laundry has been sitting on their balcony for the last four days, or, you know, it's, it's always, it's just, I don't know, I just, I think maybe <laughs> this country is sort of, it's sort of rubbing off on me a little bit the sort of secret nosiness because I'm not really a nosy person by nature but I feel like I'm becoming more like that just being here in Italy maybe the lifestyle of living in a city maybe it kind of makes that happen brings it out in you I don't know but so I haven't heard them it doesn't mean I've been taking like baths at midnight and singing in the bathroom because I haven't heard them but I feel like something's up and the dog that the other sister across the hall normally takes out like three or four times a day. The dog barks all the way out of the building, all the way down the street, all the way through the park, all the way back. The dog is barking, chasing cars, fighting with other dogs, running after people. It's the most ill-behaved dog on the planet. That dog is like, I hardly ever hear that dog anymore. So something's something's changed and shifted with their with their like routine, I don't know if, you know, cause they were like quite old. One of them was in her nineties and the other one was in her like 89 or late eighties. So haven't heard from them. Maybe that's gonna be a, maybe there's gonna be a new neighbor soon or I don't know. Probably not a new neighbor very soon because the way things go in Italy is everything is slow. And things don't sell very quickly. However, I do have to say that in this particular town, Things are happening. This is a very desirable town to live in. When an old building becomes available for sale, it gets purchased and renovated. And that's happening a lot here. There's a ton of renovation going on here. Things sit on the market. It's, it's not like things fly off the market because people price things really high because they want to get as much money for it as possible. Nobody wants to spend that much money. So eventually the prices come down or if the prices don't come down, then the thing, you know, whatever the property is, it just sits on the market longer. I've been going with Alessandro's mother. Every week we go and look at like one or two villas. And so I know pretty much what's on the market here in town. So that's been an interesting thing I've been up to. Just going and looking at properties. Speaking of things moving slowly here, I sometimes I hear from listeners and I you know, get people asking me like, when do you think you're going to have your farm? And when do you think you're going to be like moving down in the South? And like, you know, I, to be honest with you, even though I just gave a pretty big sigh there, I have truly been doing my best at not being frustrated. It's not, I can't just blame it on 
Italy and things going and moving slowly in Italy. Our life right now, things are moving slowly in our life. Because Alessandra's not here, and we can't just get in a car together and go look at a bunch of properties, it's not like I can even FaceTime him because normally he's sleeping while I'm awake and all this other stuff, and it's just, it's complicated. And so every single day, I get emails bombarding my inbox full of all kinds of new listings and I save some and I look at some and I reach out to the real estate agents. So I'm really, really doing my research. I'm ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. And I do my best not to be frustrated, but I have to also remind myself that I'm living an experience that I might never again live in my life and that is living in a city. I don't plan to live in a city at our place in the United States. I don't plan to live in a city in the future here in Italy. Now, yes, we're always gonna have a place here in this town, but I'm talking about like living, not coming for a visit just to visit family. I'm talking about like establishing a life, having a doctor, having your local grocery store, having like friends here, knowing your restaurants, like just being part of the community. I mean, for a while I was part of the choir here. And so city life in Northern Italy, it's something that I wake up, I get to walk up to that beautiful castle every day on that beautiful tree-lined street that does all these beautiful switchbacks. And I get this lovely view out towards Venice and I'm in the Prosecco Valley, which really is a very special place. And this is always going to have a real, real big piece of my heart is always going to be sort of left here in this part of Italy. And I will always enjoy coming back here. And the more I learn about this area, the more I love it. I think the only negative thing I can really say about this area is that the air is kind of not the best. But I'm looking out today and there's those little white puffy clouds really perfectly clear blue sky and because of all the rain the air is really clean and it's days like this that i'm like oh what a beautiful place to live but not just here like any part of italy i i had to remind myself that even though i'm not on my farm yet i haven't completely decided i've got several pieces of property i'm seriously interested in but even though i i'm not on my farm growing all my wonderful plants and making videos and doing some things I really, really want to do, I am still, I have to kind of remind myself, so easy to do this. I mean, this is going to happen to you too when you move to Italy, if that's on your bucket list or if that's part of your, your short or long-term plan to move to Italy or anywhere in the world that's that's wonderful. After a while, you start to get used to it and you start taking it for granted. And I, I have to remind myself not to do that. I've got a beautiful balcony. My balcony looks out over this wonderful park. I'm close to the train station. I can hop on the train and go anywhere I want in Italy and Europe from this train station. I'm in a, a beautiful UNESCO World Heritage Site region, This the Prosecco Hills are just absolutely fantastic. My favorite wine, which is Prosecco, is made right here. Fabulous restaurants. I've got Italian family living here. I've got friends here. Uh, I've got all of you that I get to share this with each week. So I had to just remind myself that even though 
I do sort of feel like I'm in transition. I've got like a long-term plan, right? I've got this plan that is, it it's, goes for the next 40 or 50 years. And, and I don't know how long I'm gonna live. A lot of my family members live to be over 100, so maybe I'll live that long, especially because I'm living in Italy and hopefully that's helping me have a healthier life. But growing up, we had a, a family friend we had a, a family that was friends with our family and the woman kathy she went to school with my mom in grade school and to this day they're still best friends kathy married a wonderful man named craig he was a ranger in the sierra nevada mountains in the in california and then they moved up to oregon and they started a christmas tree farm up in oregon and they they had some of the most wonderful Christmas trees and they were very sustainable and they were on this beautiful river and they were in this lovely little community called Myrtle Creek, Oregon. And Oregon is still to this day one of my favorite states and favorite places to visit in the United States. So Kathy and Craig and their kids, they were just living this this ideal life. They had this dream to moved to Oregon and for a while they lived in this big converted barn while Craig and Kathy built this beautiful house. Kathy's a designer and so she designed the interiors and 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 Craig and her they built it together and it was this gorgeous ranch house on this huge piece of property next to a river in Oregon. Everything was always green and beautiful and lush and it was just this fabulous life and they they had their life figured out they had the rest of their life was laid out for them and craig was like one of the most healthy guys strong hard-working just kind of like a lumberjack with a smile and always laughing and just a great dad a great husband just a wonderful guy one day he was doing something on the the farm and he fell I guess off of a piece of equipment and he fell and had like the wind knocked out of him and anyway he got up and he was okay but he just kind of was sort of like serious fall but anyway he got up sort of brushed himself off and everything was fine didn't think anything of it went on with his day and and everything was great they had dinner he helped his daughter with a school assignment she was working on and they put the kids to bed and him and Kathy went to bed and in the middle of the night, he just sat up in bed and Kathy woke up and then he laid back down and had a heart attack and died. And he was in his early 40s, so not much older than me, really. And that forever changed the course of the entire family Kathy's entire family was forever changed. And I can guarantee you that Craig never dreamed that he would die just a little over the age of 40. What I had to remind myself is, yeah, my family, I have my relatives, I've got pretty good genes, I guess, or whatever it is that makes people in my family live to be kind of a ripe old age. But that's that's just not guaranteed it's not guaranteed to the healthiest person in the world you know we all know of people who ate healthy exercised regularly and then something happened and they got sick anyway and died 
I have a, a very dear friend that I grew up with that was like a sister to me, and she was about one year older than me, four beautiful kids, married a wonderful man who was a farmer, and she developed a cough, and like their family was best friends with our family. Her name was Carrie, and she got a cough, and she just, this persistent cough wouldn't go away, and she went to the doctor after like months and months of this cough, and the cough ended up being lung cancer. She had never smoked in her life. Maybe I've talked about her before on this podcast. I don't know, but she fought that so hard, and so bravely she fought, but she died in her 30s never even made it to 40 years old and one of the most beautiful human beings broke my heart into a million pieces when she passed away it hasn't been that long and she left behind four beautiful children and and a husband and a family and her parents and brother and just like we just don't know we don't know i don't know this might be, this might all, I might have already lived the highlight. I don't know. None of us know, right? And so I guess what I'm saying, I'm really talking to myself here, but maybe you'll get some benefit from it too. It's just so easy for me to get impatient and for me to think, oh, I got to speed this process along because I've got this whole plan and I've got, I've got you know, I want to have a farm. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do all these things. And all I really, though, have is right now, this moment that I'm sitting here looking out on this beautiful city that I live in with a blue sky and puffy clouds and sun shining with nice, clean air. And that's what I've got. And that's what we've all got is right now, this very moment that you're sitting here listening to my voice. This is what we have. I'm really grateful that in this moment, I'm sharing it with you. I'm just doing my best not to do what I've always done before in life, which is want to jump ahead and jump past something. Because I was walking the other night, Mindy came over and we had, we kind of have developed this habit on Saturday nights or Friday nights, depending on what our schedules are like, to have what we call pizza and Prosecco. And she'll come over and we'll go get pizza across the street or we'll go to a pizzeria or we'll go to a pizzeria. And we always go for a walk together up to the castle. And we were we were up at this lookout point that's halfway up to the castle. And we were we were talking and and we were saying, you know, when we're 70 years old or 80 years old, we're gonna look back on this time in our life right now as this being the golden years of our life. And her and I, neither one of us are living conventional lives. We're not neither one of us have children. She's working for the United States military and she moves around quite a bit. I think she's she's feeling restless. I'm feeling a bit restless and we were just kind of trying to talk ourselves into really embracing the now. And that's hard for me to do because I like to see action. I like to see things happen. I really like to see what I consider to be progress. And I'm trying to remind myself to simply be. To just simply be in the moment, in the present moment, and just embrace the now. 
the farm is going to happen and I'm going to look, when I'm at the farm, I'm going to probably look back and say, oh man, I really wish I was in Conagliano so I could go do this or that. You know, we're, we always, it's so easy for us to like idealize what we would like to have that maybe in that exact moment we don't have. So anyway, I'm not trying to get too like philosophical with you. I'm just sharing you some thoughts that I, I had. One of the things I haven't done in a long time is I haven't shared a book with you. I just finished reading a book. I read a lot of different types of books. I read fiction, biographies, business books, and self-help. I mean, I motivational. I read like such a range of books. One of the things that I read recently is a book. It's about health, and it was fantastic. And it's called The Iodine Crisis. What you don't know about iodine can wreck your life. And it's by Lynn Farrow. That's L-Y-N-N-E-F-A-R-R-O-W. The Iodine Crisis. What you don't know about iodine can wreck your life. I just listened to the audiobook, And I have to tell you, uh, this book will blow your mind. How many of us think we know about iodine. If you are one of the few people in the world who understands the importance of iodine, you're in the minority because most of us don't know. We think, oh, well, I mean, the salt that I use is iodized salt, has iodine in it. So I'm assuming I'm getting the iodine I need there. Nothing could be further from the truth. And that table salt with iodine in it is so bad for you. So this book has gotten me not only to get away from table salt. I tend to use a lot of salt because I've always kind of heard the alternate thing of, oh, salt is actually really good for you and you need sodium. And the reality is, yes, we do need salt. We do need sodium. It's not a bad thing, but it's the type of sodium and the type of salt. The only group of people in the world that are getting enough iodine are the Japanese people. And they are getting a, a great amount of iodine because they eat a lot of seafood, a lot of seaweed. If you have a diet that is as based on things that come out of the sea, the way the Japanese do, then you're probably getting enough iodine and your health is going to be better. And that's one of the reasons why Japanese people live so long is because they get so much iodine. And a lot of the people that live on the island of Sardinia... Now think about it. Sardinia is an island in the middle of the Mediterranean. They have a lot of seafood in their diet. And also just the air. I didn't even realize, but the soil and the air has iodine in it too. Most of our crops are being grown in soil that has no iodine in it, which is one of the reasons why if you can use in gardening, if you can use seaweed or kelp emulsion, fertilizer, that's an excellent way to put some iodine back into your garden if you're using a you know like have a vegetable garden that's a great thing to get iodine back into the soil because then when it gets into the soil then it gets absorbed by the plants and you're getting more iodine that way anyway i know this probably sounds like a boring topic just trust me especially if you're a woman this book was great from a perspective of reading it as a man it was really good but there are so many things about as a woman that are so important. There are so many studies about breast cancer and iodine, and you need this book. Anyway, and the other thing is I was talking about salt, getting back to the salt thing. 
So the salt that they recommend in this book, and they break down exactly why, is, and many of you probably use this kind of salt already. I used to think that the pink Himalayan salt is the best salt that you could possibly have. And I think it's actually the second best salt because pink Himalayan salt has like 70 something different minerals in it, essential minerals that you need. And so it's, it's pretty healthy because it's an ancient salt from an ancient sea that's no longer there. But gray salt from the Atlantic, specifically Celtic salt. I'm not sure if it's Celtic or Celtic. I can never remember how to pronounce that word, but Celtic sea salt or French salt from the islands off of France. It's gray. It often comes in a really, really sort of very coarse salt. But anyway, gray salt has like 92 different minerals and the combination of the right kind of salt in your diet combined with the right amount of iodine is literally like a game changer in your health. So I, I highly recommend this book. Once again, the book is The Iodine Crisis, What You Don't Know About Iodine Can Wreck Your Life. And it's written by Lynn Farrow. Check it out. I think you might really find it fascinating Maybe you've already read it and you already know how great it is. Part of the reason I wanted to move to Italy in the first place is I want to grow my own food. First of all, the food in Italy and all the products that you consume and use in Italy are just better because there are far more restrictions here. When I'm going to the United States, I have to sort of like prepare myself for, okay, I'm going back to toxic food country. Like, what am I going to eat? How am I going to be healthy? Like, what am I going to be able to buy at Costco or the grocery store or whatever that's that's not going to be pumped full of all kinds of hormones and antibiotics and chemicals? And ugh. it's helpful to live in Italy because you don't have to worry about all the GMO and all this other garbage that is unfortunately the food companies and the food lobbyists allow to just keep all this garbage in our in our diets. It's not just the United States, it's other countries in the world too. Anyway, so I've been kind of focused on just health and, and Italy has been a big part of my health journey. And, and so this is just something that I discovered. A friend recommended this book to me and I think that you might really find it interesting. And I haven't shared a book with you in a long time and I would have never guessed that I would have shared this book with you. But I share books with my friends and family, and you are basically a member of my friends and family group. I've told you before that I don't spend this much time, as I spend with you on, on this podcast each week, I don't spend this much time with, with my friends or my family in real life. And so that makes you really a closer connection to me than some of the people that, that I have known and loved for years. And so anyway, I'm sharing with you like I would share and like I am sharing with my friends and family. So check out that book. Let me know what your thoughts are and switch to gray Atlantic sea salt, okay? No more table salt that leads to hypertension and hardening of the arteries. Get the good salt that's actually really good. Your cells need the sodium, your cells need all that stuff and check out the iodine. And anyway, after reading this book, I've 
trying to get this specific type of iodine and I even went to a local pharmacy to try to get the iodine. They don't have it here in Italy. And so I've, I've had to order it online. I'd like to buy things in person, but I, I ordered online. So anyway, my surrounding sound is gonna be me going into a pharmacy. I needed to get some melatonin, which I'm trying to slowly wean myself off of, but I'm a little bit of an insomniac, and so sometimes I need a little bit of help falling asleep. Anyway, so I wanted to go get some pure melatonin, and I had went to this pharmacy to get some, and while I was there, I asked for some iodine, so that's the surrounding sound for today. So anyway, that is my sort of jumble of topics that uh, I wanted to share with you today. Well, Veda has a wonderful segment today, and I keep thinking that eventually we're going to run out of things to talk about with Veda, but she just keeps coming up with these fantastic new topics, and it, they're always so practical and helpful. So here is our weekly segment, La Vera Italia, with Vera Sarzano. Ciao, Vera. Welcome back to another segment of La Vera Italia. Ciao, Nathan. Tutto bene oggi? Sì, sì, tutto bene, grazie. Tu, tutto a posto? Tutto a posto, sì, 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 sì. Molto bene, molto bene. Buona domenica. Buona domenica anche a te. Oggi è la festa della mamma. Hai fatto gli auguri a tua mamma? Oddio, ho dimenticato. <laughs> Call her right now. No, uh, I already sent my mom something in the United States. Okay. And it arrived early, and plus she's sleeping right now. So it's it's all good. But I need to reach out to Alessandro's mother because I haven't told her yet. Uh-oh. Thank you. For, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> okay. Um, now this is something a little bit new. We don't do this very often. I don't know if we've ever even done this really truly, where I don't know what you're talking about at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever done this. So I have no idea what our topic is today, your topic is today. So that'll be interesting to you, to me and all of us listening. But before we get into the topic, do you have a question for me today, Vera? Of course I do. It's very short today, so very easy. Okay. And it, qual è la tua vacanza ideale? Ah. Troppo facile. Yeah, but I want to know the answer. Okay, what is my ideal vacation? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a very good question. And I think that it completely depends because an ideal vacation that I haven't taken yet, two of them would be like, I'm going to give you three because I always give too much. <laughs> I It's been a long time since I've been on a tropical beach anywhere. I've never been to the Bahamas and I would love sometime to go to the Bahamas and, you know, do all that beachy, islandy stuff, like snorkeling and scuba diving. And then I've never been to Norway. I'm really, really dying to go to Norway to see the Northern Lights and just to see Norway where kind of my mom's family came from and then Japan. I really want to see Japan. Mm-hmm. I think Japan is just like, oh, I think they're just the most fascinating, wonderful culture. So anyway, those are, <laughs> those would be one of my three ideal vacations. <laughs> uh, now, 
in Italian. Mm-hmm. Oddio. Um, let's see. Um, per me, una vacanza ideale è Norvegia. Sì. Giappone. Mm-hmm. O le isole. Le isole, sì. Le isole a... Bahamas. Bahamas? <laughs> sì. Okay. We don't have a translation for that. We just pronounce it our way. Alle Bahamas. Alle Bahamas. Okay. I know I didn't really say that with very much uh, color or very many, much detail, very many details. But anyway, you get the idea. I took a shortcut. <laughs> yes, you did. Well, next time I'll ask him. More difficult question, or at least a question that might be easy, but you really need to answer. Okay. Well, let me ask you the same question, but this time I'll I'll make up for a little bit by asking it to you in Italian. Vera, per te qual è una vacanza ideale? Una vacanza insieme a te, perché anch'io voglio una spiaggia caraibica o visitare le città del nord Europa. Oh. So I'll just tag along and come with you. Not Japan, actually. I'm not fascinated by the East. But, well, I've been to the Bahamas already. Well, one island. Wow. Yes, I have, you see. <laughs> but I love snorkeling and I love the reef. I love seeing all the fish, you know, different fish you find there. So I would love to spend two weeks, no phones, no computers, nothing. Just on a beach, reading and swimming and, and sleeping. And that's it. Mm, and eating so, good fish. Well, I was actually talking about looking at the coral reef, you know, kind of finding Nemo. But yeah, eating fish. <laughs> oh, okay. So you, your ideal tropical vacation includes looking at fish rather than eating them. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Mm. The, the reef is amazing. It's just like a different world. I would spend, uh -huh. well, I have spent like eight hours a day just floating, you know, and just looking down there. It's amazing. And I got to touch a sea turtle and dolphins and all this little Nemo clownfish. And it's just so cute. And there was one fish that came and played with me all the time. Yeah, that fish loved... Um, you know the ropes that are there with a the buoy for that? I don't know, the fish are the way you can go to close. And that fish really loved when you move that rope and it came and sort of played skipping the rope. I don't know, it was so funny. Oh, wow. Even though Italy doesn't have like the best reefs, like coral reefs, and they don't have all that stuff that you can find in like Australia and the Bahamas and other places, I feel the same way. Like, I I find that the most meditative thing in the world you could possibly do because you're under the water, you can't hear anything. Like all you can do is see what's in front of you. Now, granted, if I could have music playing in my ears while I'm under the water. No. <laughs> we've had this interesting, this is an interesting topic. Veda and I have talked about this like when we weren't recording before. It's I find it fascinating. Veda does not she loves to read but she doesn't do audiobooks and she doesn't like to listen to music in fact she doesn't like anything on when she's driving in the car silence 
I can't, or out for a walk, nothing in your ear. I'm like, I'm almost afraid of silence now, I think, because I like always have music on or I always have something like an audio book playing while I'm doing anything. I think it's amazing that you don't like to listen to things. No, I think it's weird and I think it's a health issue and I have a mental problem. I don't know, but it's, I mean, it, it is really weird. It's like I always need to be in control. And if I have music on, I don't hear what's going on around me. And then I'm not multitasking. I need to think. My brain is always thinking. And if I listen to music, I can't think. But I need to think. That's like all I do. Overthink sometimes. And that's not good. But yeah. So no, I don't listen to music. Oh, I think that maybe you're the sane one. And I'm not. The, and I'm the insane one for sure. Because I to be able to not have silence, to be able to not stand silence, I think that's a problem. Maybe, you know, the healthy way would be an in-between. Sometimes you could listen to music and sometimes you could just enjoy silence. I think we are, yeah, the opposite on a scale here and they are both bad. Okay, we'll tell you what. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Since in two weeks you're going to be here sitting in this very same room that you're looking at on the screen here behind me, you had you and Luca have rented a, a little tiny cute little villa here just like a few minutes outside of Conagliano and you're coming for the first time to the Prosecco Valley and Conagliano and we get to meet for the first time yeah. so I'm going to subject you to my background music because I think that <laughs> there's nothing better when you've got like a group of people or a cocktail party or like got a little gathering in the background, not loud, just in the background to have some nice soft music playing. I'll subject you to some of my music and you can tell me what you think about it. But also maybe you can subject me to silence, but I don't think it's possible for us to be silent when we're together. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, it's gonna be so much fun. We are gonna have a blast and you have timed it at a really great time because you're actually coming on Memorial Day weekend, which doesn't mean a thing in Italy, mm -hmm. but it's going to be so fun. I'm going to literally, you're going to be here for just two, well, two full days. Yeah. I've got some fun little surprises planned for you already. Uh -huh. I've already been buying stuff for you to come here. <laughs> Nothing major, but I'm like buying special things for when you're here. And I've just been slowly collecting them when I see them out and about. And um, I'm excited about that. So we get to have, well, we're going to have our very first in-person interview for the podcast. I'm scared now. I know. We're going to fall apart when we're in person, aren't we? We're not going to know what to do, what to say. We're going to get bashful. <laughs> it's going to be funny. But... Actually, that's going to be so great. So the week after you're here, that episode will 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 release that up the the week after your visit. So that'll be that'll be really something to look forward to. We're going to have such a blast. I can't believe I get to show you a part of Italy you've never seen before. That's going to be really cool for me. Yeah, I can't wait for you to tell me everything and all the names of the cities and all the names of the museums and everything in Italian, of course. Certo. <laughs> <laughs> you believe it's gonna be like a 40 hours 
Italian coaching session or stuff. Yeah, it's going to be crash course, huh? <laughs> unless unless we give in to what our normal tendency, which is to just talk to each other in English. Mm. But we're going to be, yeah. we're going to, no, we're going to, we're going to do a lot of Italian. I really would like you to speak a lot of Italian to me. And I'll try my best to speak. The problem is not you speaking to me. It's me speaking back to you. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, anyway, we're looking forward to that. That's coming up quickly. You you just let me know that like yesterday, I think you told mm -hmm. me. So I didn't I mean, I didn't know. When I, no, go ahead. Yeah, because that's when I finally got the chance to book what I wanted because I told you I overthink. So we were looking at all the accommodation. We are stopping in Udine, so in Friuli, northern part of Italy, for a couple of days prior coming to Conegliano. So we needed to have all our dates and houses and Airbnb, the ones we liked. No music. <laughs> well, you picked a nice quiet area, actually. It's going to be perfect for you. And that is the cutest place I've ever seen in my life. I might have to, I'm going to have to save that for anybody who ever wants to come to Conaliano and wants to like tour the Prosecco Valley, like not necessarily stay in the city of Conaliano because it's out of the city. And it's right in between here and this wonderful city that I really love, Vittorio Veneto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's right in between the two. It's just, it's the ideal location for the Prosecco Valley. So I have to save that and share that with people who, who plan to ever come visit or wanna know a really good spot after you are there and you tell us if it's a good spot. But anyway, yeah, so you just told me yesterday, I, I it's officially on the calendar. I'm super excited about it because it's just so weird. I feel like you're such a good friend and we haven't actually ever given each other a hug. We've never actually done a ching ching together. We've never like, we've never like hung out in person. It's gonna be so fun. It is weird, isn't it? What are you gonna wear? Oh, I'll probably change three times before I leave the house <laughs> every time. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. You know what is so funny, Veta? Uh, we're, we're taking a long time to get into your segment, but anyway, um, I really have not done a lot of shopping in Italy for clothes because I find that because I'm a little bit taller and built a little bit bigger than most Italians, like I find it hard to find clothes for me here because Italians are just really smaller and they're, they're just, I don't know. I don't like the word petite for all Italians, but they're just smaller framed and slightly shorter people. And I find it hard to find clothes for me in this area, not because I'm an enormous, like obese monster or anything, but just because I just find it a little hard to find clothes. And I, I brought all these clothes with me when I came back here. And so I've just been kind of rewearing all the same clothes. So I don't know. It's not going to be anything new or impressive. Sorry. Are you sure you have no idea what I'm talking about today in my segment? Uh-oh. You're leading into it, aren't you? Mm, I am. That's what are you going to wear? What are you wearing? Okay, well, what are you going to wear? I don't know yet. I have to guess. check the weather okay. forecast. And well, I know, what, I know two things that I know you will be wearing, for sure. Mm -hmm. Sweaters and skirts. Yep. 
<laughs> so I wear. So that was not difficult. I don't even that, remember the last time I I wore pants. So that is that is the for those of you who have never seen Vada in person, like me, but I see her. I see her. Like if you're on if you see her on Instagram, you you can see what she wears. Her like iconic signature uniform is a sweater and a skirt. I'm going to be curious what you wear in the summer when you can't wear sweaters. Do you still wear sweaters even in the summer? <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, that's so great. I love it though. It's such a good look. Thank you. And so actually my segment today wasn't supposed to be about this topic, but then I listen to your latest episode or maybe it was two episodes ago anyway i was listening to your episodes your first part and you were talking about the time you went to that amazing jurassic park area and you and mindy your friend mindy right you were wearing shorts and you were like do we Tommy's wear shorts? I have no, we should ask Veda. That's what you said during the podcast. And then you never asked me. So I'm like, okay, I'll talk about it anyway. Oh, I'm so glad because I've been meaning to talk to you about that. So here we are. So your question was, do Italians wear shorts? Short answer, yes, we do. Long answer, okay. It would take about half an hour. Are you ready? Yes, let's go. <laughs> mm, not in spring, not in the city, usually men, less often than women. And then it depends on the kind of shorts and it depends on what you're doing, what you're doing after that activity. If you're staying out all day or you're just going home earlier in the afternoon, because shorts after dark are a big no-no. And so let's go. <laughs> Oh, let's do a deep, let's do a deep, deep dive into the world of shorts in Italy. That's so perfect. We're coming up into tourist season, so everybody visiting Italy is going to want to know this. Actually, not only shorts, but like clothes in general. Okay. okay. So there's one thing we can always do. All Italians can do. We can always spot a foreigner in a crowd, especially in spring and fall because because you're naked i mean aren't you cold you're wearing <laughs> tank tops and shorts and flip-flops when it's freezing cold outside so you have this month of april and may where you can see italians wearing jeans tennis shoes and jackets and scarves obviously not winter wool scarves but lighter scarves like a pashmina or something you know lighter and colorful but still a scarf and the umbrella if it's raining of course we can't get wet mm -hmm. and <laughs> and then you see the average tourists and i'm talking about americans of course but also central and northern european dressed in a t-shirt and we're like, ah, oh, I'm freezing just looking at them. How is that possible? So we are built different. I don't know. Or maybe it's just a habit. We grow up like this. And that's the things we are used to. So it's really difficult to change. But right now, I'm in the central part of Italy. I'm in Tuscany. And it's about 18 Celsius, uh, Celsius degrees outside. So that should be around 60, 65 maybe. Mm -hmm. And I'm wearing a sweater 
And another one underneath because I was really cold. <laughs> You're wearing two sweaters. Yes. Well, one is it. light, but yes. You are 350 kilometers up north in a t-shirt. Well, this is actually, I know, believe it or not, what under here is the t-shirt, and this is actually a short sleeve sweatshirt. <laughs> short sleeve sweatshirt? Okay, anyway. I can see your arms, so. Yep, there's the arms. <laughs> the t-shirt to me. <laughs> I wore, I must have known to wear this just for this segment. <laughs> And you know how Italian mamas and nonnas keep telling you, non prendere freddo, non prendere freddo, attenta che mi prendi freddo. So that's something like, be careful, or you will catch me cold. Not a cold, it's literally the, the cold, the temperature. <laughs> you catch cold, that's how we say it. So we basically wear more clothes than you do. And shoes and boots especially. We wait until it's really, really hot. I would say over 25 Celsius, and that is 77 Fahrenheit degrees, to go with short leaves, T-shirts, or no jackets. Well, we'll bring it just in case, but no jackets, no scarves. And even for sandals, flip-flops, or you know, open-toed shoes, we wait. We wait when it's above 25, 27 not only because we are cold that's a thing but for example because the season is not ready i i don't know how to explain that it just looks out of place to see someone uh in a tank top when it's still kind of cold and raining you know how we don't put pasta and meat on the same plate mm -hmm. that's sort of the same idea it's April. I don't care if it's 30 degrees outside, you wear a sweater because it's April. It's probably something cultural, not only because we are cold, it's just the idea that it's still too, too early for that. Now let's talk about shorts. What kind of shorts were you wearing that day, Nathan? Oh, geez. So embarrassing. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to get away with this because <laughs> you'd eventually hear that. Well, I was wearing what we would call in the United States hiking shorts, which would make them like athletic shorts. They were not denim shorts, like what you're thinking. They were literally for hiking. I was wearing hiking shoes. I don't know if you would call them sport or no, what. trekking. Okay, trekking. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, they're basically tennis shoes in the United States and uh or sneakers whatever you want to call them and these like i don't know nylon kind of lululemon type shorts mm -hmm. yeah so, yeah hiking shorts okay sure were you wearing the same hiking shorts before and after so when you went and had a cafe or a gelato or even dinner i'm afraid so okay that's the problem you see I knew it. <laughs> so, men in Italy do wear shorts, but they have to be, I mean, hiking shorts or sport if they're going hiking. So that was great. You leave the house, you go hiking. You can stop at a cafe near the hiking place so they all understand you've been hiking, but you don't go back to the city with the same clothes uh -huh, and go to a cafe <laughs> in the city center. No. 
but when it's really hot like in the summer even in the city men do wear shorts but not jeans shorts jeans shorts are something when you just said jeans denim shirts i was like i felt a shiver down my spine because it's like something like ah uh, no no i don't even want to think about those that's okay good i hate those too you're never going to catch me dead in a denim short not since the 90s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But they're usually, um, I, oh, I'm talking about men here. Yes. Women, they can be shorter shorts and they can be denim too. But yeah, typical knee long shorts for men, uh, not a thing in jeans, in denim. But like the shorts that men wear are pants that miss the calf part. You know, it's not something for sport, it's not something they're just very fancy pants, maybe with some pockets on the side or just regular dress pants that are shorter. That's that's what Italian men wear. Okay, so just to be clear, I think we call them capri pants in the United States. No, capri are longer. Okay, capri so, should be like at your ankle or a little okay, bit. Right. Okay, so that's actually a term from Italy, capri. Yeah, Capri. you should know okay. of all people that it's Capri. Uh, well, right, I know it's Capri. But I wasn't sure if we stole the name or if it actually came from Italy. Yes, it does. We call them okay. Capri or Pantaloni alla pescatura, like the fishermen, because oh, right. you need to roll them. They're kind of a few centimeters difference between Capri and pescatura, but it's the same idea. They are below your knee, but shorter than your ankle. Somewhere in between your ankle and your knee. That's where Capri and Capri and uh, Pescatora pants have their hammocks. Okay, now I'm getting you to say it wrong. <laughs> yeah. When I speak English, I'm like gelato, spaghetti, Capri. Oh gosh, don't please. Now wait a minute. So the pants, getting back to the kind of pants you were, the shorts you were referring to, how long are they? The ones that are not copy pants, but the ones that are, yeah. For men, at the knee, just a little bit above the knee or mid knee, depending on how tall the Italian in question is. I mean, my husband is pretty tall. So when he buys them, it's right above his knees, just a tiny bit above his knees. For shorter men, it might be mid knee okay. that's how long shorts for men should be but they are like regular pants and you wear your belt and they have pockets in the back and they have sometimes pockets on the sides and most the most important thing is that they are pants you're still dressed but you don't wear them to work unless you work in a very very casual environment and men don't wear open shoes like sandals or flip-flops okay we don't want to see man's feet that's that's the idea there are only two categories of men who wear open shoes and that's very old men <laughs> very very old and their shorts are shorter because they are from the 60s or something i don't know <laughs> and they have these open shoes and it's terrible or the very very trendy ones like supermodel men you know following all the latest fashion that can dare a little bit so then they are sort of allowed to but normal men let's say 
always tennis shoes or um, we call them sailing shoes, like for sailing boats, but shoes. Mm -hmm. So men do wear shorts and they wear t-shirts or shirts. Now, shirts like with buttons and the color, the nice shirts that you would wear under a dress, under a suit, sorry, must have long sleeves. Italians do not ever, ever wear short sleeved shirts. Okay. They wear t-shirts, but not shirts that are short sleeved. And even t-shirts, hmm, Italian men usually wear t-shirts, like the normal cotton light t-shirt, only when they're going to the beach or they're home and they are not planning on going out, not even to, you know, the, the, the garbage bins or whatever. But they do wear short sleeved polo. That's something they wear. So Italian men want a collar. So polo are your typical man uh, choice for the summer. And yeah, obviously no sleeveless t-shirt, no sleeveless shirt, nothing. We don't want to <laughs> see. Okay, men need to cover up. That's the <laughs> idea. Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. So, when for women, well, life is much easier. I mean, they can wear shorter shorts, they can wear sandals, and they can show more skin and tank tops. So, you can actually do whatever you want. Just, just one big no no for Italian women flip flops. I mean, I don't know if you, I, I, I couldn't find a name. It's like, you can wear sandals, uh -huh, but you can't wear plastic flip-flops like Hawaiian, you know, the, 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 the ones we used to go to the swimming pool. But even their Italian women prefer to wear normal shoes, sandals. So no plastic shoes ever, the ones we would use at the pool. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Just the whole thing. It's just because I'm just picturing my entire childhood and my entire life in California. <laughs> and I'm also remembering, because it's, you know, it's May here, but we're having unseasonably, it's like a solid week of rain right now. And I was in my apartment just a couple days ago. I usually walk around my apartment barefoot because I don't like to have shoes on when I can not have them on. And right by the door, I have all my shoes. I didn't feel like going and getting socks and shoes and putting them on just to run out to my car really quick outside the building to get something out of my car and come back in. So I was like, I'm just going to put on these flip. They, they're not even flip flops. They're like these open toed sandals. I'm just going to slip them on and run out. Probably had shorts on too, knowing me and run out to my car i literally won't even be out of the building for a minute i'll be back in the car with i mean back in the building within a minute i open the door to go outside onto the onto the street onto the sidewalk there's this couple standing just i don't know a few feet away from the door i open the door and it was like everything went into slow motion i like open the door and like the guy looks at me and then he looks down at my feet 
<laughs> and then he like looks away. <laughs> I was just like, no, don't look. It's just for a few minutes. This isn't the real me. <laughs> yeah, but he still don't, even if it's for a few minutes. Come but on, it is the real me. but it is the real me. I can't I can't run away from it. It's the fact of the matter is I spent most of my childhood barefoot and I'm just a little savage at heart. Well, but I guess you were barefoot at home, not where other people were there, right? Yes. Now, speaking of winter, it's sort of the same idea, but we wear more clothes than you do. We have a lot of sweater, like wool. We wear a lot of wool. That's both for women and men. This, I don't know. Yeah, probably we are always cold or because it's winter. So it's nice to have a warm wool sweater, especially around Christmas in January. You can go with the season, right? And blend with the weather outside. We don't wear hoodies unless we are going to the gym <laughs> or it's springtime, but you have to be kind of young if you're a man or it has to be like a white or black fashion sweater for ladies and usually with no hood so like same fabric as the hoodie but no hood. anyway we dress more and yeah because we're cold and even italian houses are colder than other houses in northern europe and probably in the states and they are hotter in the summer because we don't go with air conditioning that much so that's why we, we we have so many clothes and we have something i couldn't even find the word in english so help me out here we have a lot of clothes that are just for fall and spring so that in between the mid-season clothes you know you have winter collection summer collection and we have la mezza stagione la mezza stagione the half season because it's not hot and it's not cold. So we have whole <laughs> part of the wardrobe with vestiti mezza stagione. Well, I can tell you why you didn't find the name in English. There is no <laughs> name in English. I mean, we could say mid-season clothes and people would look at you like, okay, what are you trying to say? Mid, what does that even mean? Mid-season clothes? But... Yeah, I mean, the closest term that we would have to that would be seasonal clothes. And we don't even understand what that's supposed to really mean. Yeah, but the funny thing is that we even have a proverb for that. Non esistono più le mezze stagioni. So mid-seasons don't exist anymore because either it's winter, very, very cold, or it's summer, very, very hot. So we have a bunch of lighter sweaters and long pants but lighter than the one we wear in winter and so on <laughs> that we only use maybe twice a year because the only two days where you can wear them <laughs> anyway now let's talk about all year around in general no yoga pants sweat pants sport clothes no we don't run to the supermarket with uh, yoga pants and just a sweater or a sports sweater. We, we don't. We don't drive our kids to school in our pajamas just because we're not even, you know, getting out of the car. We, we don't. We, <laughs> we are very self-conscious. So that's basically our problem. We're very insecure and we really, really care about what other people think mm -hmm, about, yeah, 
because we know they're judging because we judge so <laughs> we all know it so we are all very self-conscious and we want to fare bella figura that is something really italian we should have a whole segment just about that but it's like we want to be at our best all the time and not be embarrassed so we are really embarrassed if we go out with our open toes, the lippers, whatever, if, if, even if it's just for a minute to grab something from the car. Because it's, what if somebody sees me? Oh no, I'm so ashamed. <laughs> so, we never, never, ever, ever do it. And I have a lot of foreign friends who live here in the area and I meet them at the supermarket and so on. And I'm like, oh my gosh, do they know? I feel bad telling them, but yeah, everybody's staring. It's like, it's not something we do unless you're going for a walk like you did, like a hiking trail. But then I really need to understand that you're doing that. So take a backpack with you or I don't know, something. <laughs> I need to know whether I have a legitimate right in judging you or if I'll let you get away with it this time because of that backpack. <laughs> That's it. Oh my gosh, I love it. You know, when Alessandro moved to the United States, he, we, he moved to New York and New York is not the worst. California is much more casual than New York, but even in New York, but just different places we would go, he would see, and, and, you know, this tells you a little bit about how, how Italy feels because he would always talk about the women, but mainly the young girls, like the teenagers, 20 somethings that you would see very sloppily dressed sort of that, that, very like you just described the pajamas the yoga pants the sweat gear and you know that that's what they're wearing all day and that probably is what they wear all the time out in public they don't like there's no like oh i have to dress up for school anymore in the united states or college there's no like the standards of dress are quite low in the United States in general. I can't speak about other countries because I've never lived anywhere other than Italy in the United States. But he just said, he would always say the same thing to me. He would always say, oh, the courage, <laughs> the courage of these girls. <laughs> and then, que coraggio, you know, que coraggio. Yeah, exactly, que coraggio. And then, and then he would say, and then of course, you know, then there's not, there's not just the, I mean, I'm not picking on women here, then there's the people that are so overweight and then they're wearing things that they shouldn't be wearing. So he would kind of use this que coraggio term for everything he would see. And, and then he would just like, sort of like, we'd be in a grocery store or somewhere in public and he'd be like, nudge me and be like, oh, guarda, guarda. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, I guess you're right. That is pretty bad. I've gotten so used to seeing it that I guess I didn't realize. <laughs> He's still to this day so entertained by it. Well, and you know what? If we had uh, recorded this segment, this episode 20 years ago, I would have said different things. Because before globalization and internet and seeing the whole world on Instagram, we could spot foreigners, not just because they were wearing lighter clothes, but because they were ugly clothes. We are Italian, so, you know, fashion, it's our thing. Fashion mm -hmm. and food, mm -hmm. two things we can do. 
And it was just like the way they mixed different patterns or things like that, and it was just off. And I'm really sorry, but you know, it's an information I'm giving you to understand our culture. We say they all look German or Swiss. Those were the two nationalities that were worse dressed. While Americans, you had like totally different style, especially men, but also women, when you suit up, like when you wear a suit to go to work. I mean, I was on Wall Street, you know, in New York and having a look at, and my husband and I were looking at them and we're like, that is, that is not possible. They look like actors who are wearing, you know, fake, smart clothes and pretend to go to work because the, 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 the fabrics probably, they were different compared to what we use. So everything looked so fake. And then probably the, the ties were too long and the pants were too short, too short. It was just so funny to see the difference. And we were like, yeah, que coraggio. Well, not que coraggio because I was well-dressed, but, but now fashion is kind of international and global. So I might see a German woman or an American woman wearing the exact same clothes that I'm wearing, right? So it's just when we are wearing them that it's different and shoes. I think Italians still do shoes better than the rest of Europe and probably the world, both for men and women. Because it's like food. I like to compare clothes and food here in Italy because we use the same ingredient, right? And yet our simple pasta, <laughs> the most simple pasta we can make, it's better than the pasta you make wherever you live, right? So there must be something. And I think I pointed and <laughs> pinned it down to these few points. So matching the season, it's not just because of temperature, as I was saying, seeing, I don't know, a, 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 like a skirt, a cotton skirt. Uh, I have this cotton skirt that I love and the colors are kind of wintry. I don't know why I bought it because it now that I have it and I haven't worn it for a long time, I understand it was a bad choice, but because the colors are kind of fall and wintry because it, it's like this olive green with some light pink flowers, but the fabric is very summery. So you see, I can't wear it in winter or fall because of, of the fabric, and I can't wear it in the summer because of the colors. And I, you're looking at me, you're shaking your head, you're... <laughs> Do I sound crazy? Well, I just, I have to say, it's just one of the many things that I love and appreciate about Italy, is I like to actually, I love the, I love the fact that you still care and you haven't given up. The Americans have just, there's this sense of just complete resignation to just slovenliness and just, oh, I'm just gonna Netflix and chill my life away and who cares what I wear because everybody else looks like a slob too, so why should I try, you know? I don't I just think it's quite lovely. The fact that you're obsessing and you know that if you wore that out in public, somebody would give you the side eye and be like, mm -hmm. poor choice. And mind you, I'm not a big fashion victim here. I have my own style and I've dressed pretty much the same my whole life. And there are women or men 
that are real fashion victims. So they change way more and they're way more elegant. But you see why? When I lived in Lombardia in the north and I went to Milan, I dressed a little bit differently. Now it's not that I'm dressed down, so I'm not wearing yoga pants to go to the supermarket, but I'm in the countryside, right? To get out of my house and reach my car, I have to walk a gravel road that might be, you know, muddy. And I'm in the middle, like I can catch from my front door vineyards. How can I wear high heels, you know, pumps with a stiletto? It's just crazy. You look ridiculous at that point. Because come on, you're in Castelnuovo Benardenga. You're not in Milan. I do wear them when I'm going out for dinner, for example. But in Milan, I would wear pumps even to just go to a cafe and have an afternoon coffee with my friends because it's all concrete, it's all cement. You're in the city, so it's obvious. So even the most elegant and you know fashion outfit will have people judge you if you are in Castelnuovo Bernardenga or if you are, you know, in the countryside or up on the mountains, because it's just stupid. It's not something you wear when you are in the country. So it's all about balance and it's all about um, matching not only with the weather, but also with the environment where you are and what you're doing. That's something very important too. And then we match colors. We have a few sayings. One is, Blue e nero contadino vero. So if you wear blue and black together, you're like a farmer, <laughs> not the most elegant person in town. We are talking about dark blue here, okay? The one that you can tell, almost can't tell the difference between dark blue and black. So that's bad. Because if you have like a bright bl uh, blue, then it's fine because it's not kind of blue anymore. <laughs> and also brown and black together. They don't match and here we are talking especially for men like shoes and belt they have to be the same color and you can't have brown shoes and black pants or you can have brown shoes and black belt so it's a lot of work a lot of effort yeah <laughs> and always i have a quick question for you Vada, before we go on before mm -hmm. i forget you mentioned a term twice just earlier that I've never heard anyone use before. Fashion victim. It's not English. What is that term? What does that mean? We use it in Italian. I thought it was English and it came from Vogue or something. Fashion. Are you, now, are you sure that you're not trying to say a fashion vixen? No, no. Victim. Like a person who has been killed. Victim. Of, of uh, like a victim of fashion or a victim of poor fashion? Is that what you're trying to say? Or wh what are you like? I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I'll check. Are it's you sure term. that Are you sure that it's not fashion vixen? Because that's a that's a thing. I think that's like a the, a female fox is called a vixen. Yeah. No, I'm not saying vixen. I'm saying victim, and that's something we use in Italian. And I thought it came from. Hold on. We're, we're Googling. We're Googling. <laughs> That's so. There's even a Wikipedia entry. Fashion victim in Italiano vittima della moda. Oh, it's an Italian term. Oh my God, I can't believe it. You need this term. It's so useful. 
Okay, well, tell us what it is. Yeah, there's no fashion vixen. There's okay. So tell me what's talk to me. In, oh no! Enlight, enlighten Wait us. A no, no, just kidding. Because now I read the whole entry. I don't know if you haven't heard of him, Oscar Aristides Rentaviallo. He's a fashion designer. He's uh, from Dominican origin, but he's American. Like in, he lives in the United States, and I think he has the American citizenship. And he's the one who uh, invented this word, fashion victim. So it comes from English, but let's see if the English entry has is a term used to identify a person who is unable to identify commonly recognized boundaries of styles. And fashion victims are victims because they are vulnerable to fetishness and materialism. So that they buy new clothes all the time because it's a new fashion. Okay, but that's not how you're using that term in Italian, though. Yes, it is. We just okay. use the English, well, we say fashion victim, but yeah, we use it in English. Okay, so just to be really clear, it means what again? So a fashion victim is a person who is addicted to fashion. So every two or three months uh, buys new clothes and follows the latest trends and tries to buy everything new and needs to have those things. And in Italian, we use the English term fashion victim, both okay. for men and women. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. That's a really helpful. I know we're probably all going to encounter that in the future, whether we watch it on Italian TV or whether somebody accuses us of not being or needing to be or whatever. That's a really good term. I'm going to keep my ears open for that one. Thank you. And speaking victims in Italy, we wear colorful clothes. That's something that makes us different from Central and Northern Europeans, especially. And not that much for women, because it is more common for women to wear colorful clothes all over the world. But for men, like red pants, or very bright Italian flag green pants and pink shirts. And I'm not talking about young men going out and about and having fun. I'm talking about businessmen working or, you know, bank employees or even doctors. It's part of our culture. Or even yellow pants. I've seen someone wearing yellow pants here, and he was dressed up with a suit jacket and a sweater and a tie and really nice leather loafer shoes, and he's wearing these yellow pants. And I'm just like, well, you are just... Talk about que coraggio. No, because... Okay, let me guess. First of all, was it a very bright yellow, like sunflower yellow, or was it like a mustard yellow? Darker oh, Italian no. and French mustard. Oh man. it was it was a muted yellow. It wasn't like a bright, bright, like in your face, blind you kind of yellow. But it was, I mean, it was just yeah, they were yellow. I, I I would say like a mustard kind of color. With black sweat um shoes and a black shoulder wear. Was it paired with black? 
No, I think it was all navy blue. It was like a navy blue jacket and everything. Yeah. Yeah, because speaking of maybe too much and fashion victims, sometimes we go a little bit too much. And I'm asking about the yellow because this winter, yellow and black were the must have of the season. And if you went to the city, like in the city center, you found both men and women wearing bright yellow and black together, all of them. So that's something I don't like because yeah, if you see one person, then you say, oh, wow, what a style. Or que coraggio, if you don't like it, but still, you can see that there's an effort behind it. But when you see a hundred people trying to be original and not being original, that's kind of stupid, I think, but still. <laughs> and so Italy is famous for fashion. We've always have, you know, Italian clothes and we have Armani, we have Gucci, we have Versace, we have Prada, mm -hmm. just a few, just to name a few so that you know how to pronounce them <laughs> when you're here. Thank you. And everyone keeps saying, oh, Italians, they are so chic, effortlessly chic, right? They have this natural elegance, like, in them well there's effort trust me <laughs> we talk a lot about clothes we think a lot and also it's probably the general idea and once again the metaphor and the simile with food is kind of evident here quality good quality we use natural fabrics like we use natural ingredients to cook so we have real cotton real I always forget that. Gets all wrinkled, wrinkly. Linen. Do you say linen then? Oh yeah, it's the plant that it's not called linen. Okay, got it. Um, so natural cotton, linen, natural wool. We have some acrylic, of course, but it it doesn't look like it. It's it's more natural. And real clothes, I mean, when you look at our physical, they're, they're way more expensive, but they look so perfect. Like they're real clothes. Once again, sorry, I keep saying real clothes because I've seen a couple of prom dresses in the United States. And there are also something very similar in um, in Denmark. When I was there, there was this formal dance in Copenhagen and there were all these young girls. And obviously I was looking in their, at their dresses and their gowns and I was like, oh, wow, I look like princesses. And I got closer and I was like, yeah, like literally like doll princesses. Those are doll dresses because of the fabric and the ribbons. And I don't know what is exactly. But it's something that is wrong to my Italian eye. I just can't put my finger on it. You should come and say Italy, and then maybe you'll you'll figure that out. But once again, it's not without an effort when we reach this. So we think a lot about clothes. We take care of our clothes, ironing. Oh, I know <laughs> families all over the world that don't even own an iron it's like who cares but 
We do. I, I hate ironing. I don't know if you can tell this, but we have to. And once again, that's because our clothes need to be ironed. Because I'm like, that's not possible. When I go abroad and I see people, like regular people on the street, their clothes are not as wrinkled as mine if I don't iron them. So there must be something. And once again, yes, they don't get wrinkles, but they look fake. They look like plastic. So it's because of the fabric. We use natural fabric, and so we need to iron it, unfortunately. But I tried buy some clothes abroad because I'm like, so I don't have to iron anymore. Yeah, that didn't work because I just couldn't. And they, they, they felt wrong on the skin. And well, especially for summer clothes to have it like they did, couldn't breathe well. When with cotton or linen, your skin really breathes. So you see, it's different. And one last thing, Italians are seldom underdressed or overdressed because once again, we think and overthink about our clothes. We talk about what we are wearing months before an event, for example. If somebody says, oh, I'm getting married next year. Your first question is when exactly? What month? May? Okay, what am I going to wear? That's <laughs> that's the first question, right? Wow. <laughs> and that's why I asked you, what are you going to wear when I come and visit? <laughs> well, that's a great question. Now I'm going to be completely uh, paranoid about anything that I decide to wear. Hopefully it's raining, so I wear I can just put on a raincoat the whole time and never <laughs> take anything off. No, I'm not going to worry about it too much with you. You already know that I'm just a typical American farm boy. But anyway, that's that was so so helpful and so enlightening. And I I would have never ever made the connection between the real food that Italians eat and the real clothes that Italians wear. And the, the, I completely know what you're talking about. Like those prom dresses from the United States that are just made with that satiny, shiny, plasticky looking fabric that just looks so, doesn't really flatter you. I, I mean, it looks like a teenager's wearing it because that's who wears it, teenagers. But I happen to agree 100%. Natural fibers are my jam. I I love wool. I love cotton. I love linen. I love those are pretty much my go-to things. And uh, I unless it's like something you're going to wear to the gym or something like workout gear, that's obviously an exception. But I I think it's great. This is this is really helpful in helping to understand the way Italians think and what maybe you should do to adjust things to fit in here or maybe not stand out like such a sore thumb while you're a tourist in Italy. Just things, really good things to consider. Thank you so much, Vera. You're very welcome. If you feel like you got so much value out of this, like I did, and you just really, really appreciate Vera, don't forget you can go to kikelanguage.com and buy Vera a coffee to thank her because she deserves she deserves at least one or two coffees for this contribution. So Kike language is C-H-I-C-C-H-E language.com. 
And of course, you can also find her links on my website at imovingtoitaly.com. And finally, many of our listeners have already hired Vera to be their Italian language coach. You can do that too. So visit kikelanguage.com. And thank you so much, Vera, for this fantastic segment today. No, grazie mille a te, grazie a tutti voi. I really appreciate it. And ci vediamo la settimana prossima. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao. Thank you for another wonderful La Vera Italia segment. That was fantastic. Grazie mille, Vera. Don't forget, if you need an Italian language coach, visit kikelanguage.com or you can find her links on my website at imovingtoitaly.com. All right, before we get into our surrounding sound, I'm going to quickly thank our sponsors, ExpressVPN and Babbel Language. If you need some supplemental help learning Italian, Babbel Language is the best. I can tell you I know because I've tried every single other program and Babbel is the best. So if you're planning to move to Italy or you're planning to travel to Italy and you need to start brushing up on your Italian, check out Babbel Language. Go to my website, imovingtoitaly.com, and you use my links, and I highly recommend getting their lifetime subscription. It's a little more expensive up front, but then you have their entire language program for the rest of your life. You never have to pay for it again, and you can learn any of the other languages that they offer. It is great. It offers many different ways to learn, depending on what you're doing, where you are. You can learn by listening, by talking, by typing things in, by reading. It's amazing. So... Thank you to Babbel Language for sponsoring us today. And check out imovingtoitaly.com for the links so you can get between 55 and 60% off depending on what they are offering promotion-wise at the time. Also, I'd like to thank ExpressVPN for being our sponsor today. I am able to use ExpressVPN to accomplish so many of the things that I want to do here every day. I don't know what I would do without it. I would be at a loss without ExpressVPN. So many of you have used it and you love it and you have found value in it as well. Just very quickly, you already know what the benefits are, but just to remind you, it helps you from being tracked by big tech companies and advertisers. It helps you when you're using public Wi-Fi, helps you to be able to send and receive messages without spending tons and tons of money on expensive travel plans from your expensive phone carrier in your home country. It allows you to use your streaming services while you're here as well. There are just endless reasons why you absolutely need ExpressVPN if you're traveling anywhere in the world or moving to Italy. So check out imovingtoitaly.com for the links. You get three months for free when you sign up for a one-year package. That's their best deal. So thank you to ExpressVPN and Babbel Language for sponsoring our show. All right, that brings us to our surrounding sound today. As you recall, our surrounding sound is me going to the pharmacy. So enjoy the surrounding sounds. I'll be back afterwards to say goodbye. Certo, e poi alla fine è la cura giusta da fare o meno, 
non sono riuscita. Nota che è molto perata, è una capitolina, è molto perata, anche lei nel discorso stesso che le rispondono, no, no, la tocco perché lei mi denuncia, ma allora cosa si è fatta a fare, ma io dico, fammi capire, no? No, non lo toccherei mai perché nel caso di qualche cosa di rotto, lei poi mi denuncia. Siamo in ospedale. Esatto. La chiedo scusa e la ringrazio ancora. Salve. Uh, allora, una confezione di melatonina pure, grazie. Melatonina pure? Sì. sì. Ok. Perfetto. E una altra domanda. Sì. Scusi, sono americano, sì, un po' italiano. Um, in, in America sì. io ho questa... Uh, iodine iodina, iodine. ok, potassio iodato, ok. Sì. Questo ti serve a te per disinfettare le ferite? No, 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 no per uh, supplemento. Ok. Prendi l'acqua sì. e, e te lo bevi? Sì. Ok. E, e, e questo dentro è l'acqua? Acqua purificata e sì. potassio iodato e iodina al 2%. Sì, vediamo, vediamo se c'è qualcosa. Ma, ma penso di no, eh? Ok. Non troppo importante, però... Come? No, è molto importante, però... Se c'è bene, se no. Ok. No, ok. Uno Va bene giorno. così? Sì, grazie. Prego. 16 euro e 70. Grazie. Allora, è pronta. Ok. Vuoi una bustina? No, no, no? grazie. Ecco qua. Buona serata, grazie. grazie. you enjoyed those sounds thank you so much for coming back and sharing another episode with me another week with me i appreciate you so much and i appreciate those of you who have recently left reviews on the podcast i appreciate that so much those five star reviews make such a huge difference so thank you for taking the time to do that my friend well wherever you are listening to the sound of my voice today i hope you are healthy and well And I look forward to being here with you again next week for another episode. So until then, take care. God bless. Ciao, ciao, ciao.